day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 56 of Shop Talk. It's Carrie and Jennifer here, and we're back with another episode. We're discussing 302 titled Injustice. Um, this episode we thought was important because it like began the storyline of Jackson's uh, racist training officer, Doug Stanton, and it also discussed uh, community policing within Nolan and Harper's storyline. So I liked it because it all kind of like intertwined. Like it mm-hmm. was James kind of not being sure about not just John, but like other cops. And then like, you know, kind of seeing it from the other side of it where it was like Doug Stanton, like being, you know, racist and just not very nice to suspects. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, We don't really have anything in the way of news, really. I mean, if you guys follow us on Twitter or the Rookie uh, Rewatch page on Twitter, then obviously you saw um, that True Valentino posted an Instagram story, like he's in um, uniform and stuff as Aaron. There's like smoke surrounding him, supposedly. So like you can see like the vest and body cam and things. So don't know what that's about, but it looks interesting and we'll be excited to see what happens or how that goes or all that. So I'm interested to know what episode they're on because when it was the Comic-Con, Alexi had said that they already filmed three episodes, but like, were they on episode four or like part of like mostly through it? Like, I don't know. I would be curious to know. So Mm-hmm. and obviously eric and Rosalind have their podcast so um they're still uploading they upload like twice a week now yeah. um and it's they just like really get into like just literally anything that they feel like talking about like it really yeah. doesn't matter um which just makes it hilarious and it's just fun so go check those out if you haven't already yeah, I listened to their one with Angelique Raw because I love her. Um, and Eric was just like totally ripping on TikTok. And I loved how Rosalind was like, yeah, you know, some of mine get like 20 views and some get, you know, 50 or whatever. And I was just sitting at my desk and I was like, the ones that get the high views have Eric. And I mean, I'm sure that there's other ones too, but like those are at least the ones that I like notice a lot. Um, and so I was just like, and Eric like rips on it like he hates it but yet he's in her TikToks and sometimes like just by himself so I was like yes I don't yeah I I mean I don't really understand TikTok either like I don't really like like, I don't use the app I don't um like engage with that either like I don't really don't really like it much um I try I try to stay off of it but yeah, it's definitely kind of funny, um, like how she manages to like convince him to do the TikToks, even though he doesn't like it really. Well, and he even like posts the ones that she makes, like yeah. the one from this weekend. Yeah, he posted. Oh my I god, mean, I love it. Good, hu- good husband award. So yes, he gets that. Yes, I also just love like any funny content that comes, like not just from the show, but you know any other content that 
they yeah. think about so mm-hmm. yeah yep um so we will just kind of jump right into the episode um there's a lot in in 302 so yeah there was like four storylines i forgot like some of what happened so and who all we met mm-hmm. um so we'll kind of start off with harper and nolan um during roll call they find out that they have to man the fourth street community center and nyla is less than thrilled about that she calls it punishment um and so then john and nyla get to the community center they start like unpacking their things from the shop and we meet james who much like nyla is less than thrilled that they're there and John just tries to give him like the real reason of, you know, why they're going to be in the community. And Nyla's like, no, we're being punished. Like, don't, you know, don't worry about, like, don't listen to him, basically. So then they get into the um, like community center that it's pretty much empty. They're just, you know, kind of like moving them for the, for the few days or whatever. And so they get in there. John's like ever so optimistic, saying like he believes Gray just wants them to use their newfound perspective to engage with neighbors. Um, and Nyla's like, yeah, sure, go with that. Like whatever keeps you happy. So then Nyla like takes out some takeout containers and she says that they're home cooked Nigerian foods for Heritage Day at Lila School. And Nyla's like, you know, I want her to see that you know i'm here for her and now i'm and i'm invested um so then we kind of like cut over to john passing out flyers and the about the community center when he sees james who just continues to like write him off and shrug him off like not really giving a chance to like get to know him and get to know why they're there um and we get another john memeable face like which was pretty great um so then as he's like walking away like there's a car that's broken into and suddenly John's on a foot chase calling for backup which is Stanton and Wes and Nyla like leaves the food in the car and just starts driving and so then John is like stopped by fence but you know little superhero Jackson West comes and gets over the fence cutting cuffing the burglar or two um and just taking care of business and John just like is looking at the fence like how do I attempt this um but then James comes up like with his phone taking a video saying that you know they need to take it easy and asking if they really need four cops there for a kid stealing a backpack um and Doug wants to step in but John you know tries to diffuse the situation telling James like they were just calling for backup which is protocol and then Jackson comes up and you know James is like are you cool with this um and so Jackson out says that if James really wants to help him, he needs to get him a lawyer. So that's where they kind of leave off. That was the only meeting between Jackson and James until the end. Um, and so then John asks Nyla, like, if they're supposed to ignore crime in his eyes. But Nyla's like, it's not easy. And he's fighting a rigged system. So then, like, Nyla leaves to go to Lila's school. And John looks back at the fence and he sees that there's a bike clock on the gate. And so he becomes curious as one John Nolan does. Um, and he ends up taking it down uh, after like he radios and makes sure, makes sure that it's not like part of like the city doing that. Um, so then Nyla like comes back from Lila's school 
later in the episode and she said she took care of everything she's got a deep dish pizza she took a deep dish pizza on the way to school because donovan is from chicago and you know heritage in quote marks um and she says it was the only thing that the kids ate so which i don't know where you would find a deep dish pizza in california but i'm sure that it's possible so um, and then Nyla is on cloud nine, you know, saying that like she's winning, she won at mommy that day. Um, and she asks Nolan like how it's going there. And he's like, yeah, you know, signed off on a few like fix it tickets and came up with some ideas for reaching out to the community. Um, and then John comes, or John, uh, James comes in asking if one of them clipped the bike lock um, in the park. And John's like, he has another memeable face because, you know, why not? um and he's like oh yeah that was me like you know what's what's going on um and james's oldest son found the dirty needles in the sandbox before the littler kids played in it um and james is just like did you like stop at any point to wonder why the lock was even there um and we find out that it's there to keep dealers and junkies out of the park so nyla's like you know you should have called like we could have helped and James throws back on her to say, like, to do what? Um, you know, like, kick them out for the night, maybe kill someone in the process. And Nyla kind of stands up, but but she's also knowing, like, where James comes from. Um, and she's like, you know, we're not all trigger happy. Most of us are, you know, want to help. But James just isn't so sure about that. And he's like, I can't roll the dice that a good cop is going to show up. And, you know, so we found our own solution. Um, so then, like, kind of towards the end of the episode, John is, like, fixing the lights when James runs by. And, you know, James is jaded about John, like, the entire episode. Um, and he questions, like, what happens when the lights are busted out that night? And John's like, yeah, you know, there's going to be cameras, more police presence. Like, you know, we've got this under control. And so then... Um, John's just trying to help and James you know asks him if he's ever wondered why cops spend so much time there and he says it's because arrests are easy um that he's seen a lot of rookies being taken there um and pretty much just like shown what a junkie and a dealer looks like and like you know they've just got a lot of their training there so John James is not taking it easy on Nolan even saying that the only person he helped this morning was himself. Like he made himself feel good by putting a bandaid on a systemic wound. Um, so, you know, James like challenges him to keep the meth out of the neighborhood. And that doesn't stop no one though, because like the next morning he's all chipper talking about the lights and everything when Nyla tells it to him straight. And she, she's like, I know your heart. I know where you're coming from but you can't come at this like you're some kind of savior. Um, and John's just like, but that's the last thing that I'm trying to do. And so Nyla gives him a piece of advice saying, stop pretending you know what they need and just ask. So then John meets Hugo, the construction guy. Um, well, he met him to take to get bolt cutters, but um, Hugo ends up calling John and says that he's on a job and they want vinyl composition tiles in the food prep area and that they're going through things and it just doesn't really look right. So he's like, I can't say where I'm at, but you know, Nyla's like, he's been roped into building a meth lab. So they call SWAT, they call SWAT um, and Nolan 
advocates for them going too um because SWAT's not going to know what Hugo looks like and you know they don't want to lump him in with narcos so this is kind of John's attempt to like help the community um and so they get ready like they get there they get ready to take the door off and go in um and they've got a short amount of time to get in there get the victims out all of that so then we hear gunshots I'm assuming or it was at least an explosion um and Hugo says like they weren't going to be let out so then gas is released into the air they have to go um and no one's just like he doesn't want to leave people behind but he ends up getting one more person out with him um and so they close the door again just as a man like comes to the window and wants out but it's kind of too late so um at the end of the episode Nyla like meets up with John with James who's locking up and going home um and he's you know he's like yeah I gotta go pick up my boys who are 12 and 14 and we also find out that Lila is seven so in season four I mean granted if we're following like a year right like we don't fully know the rookie timeline in season four then Lila would have been eight and James's boys would have been like 13 and 15 so interesting to know um but then he asks like if she grew up around there which she did and he's she's wondering if this is a side door into a conversation about the cops living in the communities that they serve um and they talk more they kind of bond they they flirt a little bit it's pretty cute i mean it's interesting how like they both kind of had the same like um just like attitudes and demeanors like when they first met um but, you know, then James thanks her for saving Hugo's life. And she's like, it wasn't just me, you know, don't write Nolan off. Like, he's a good guy. Um, he's more of a guardian than any other cop that she's worked with. So she's like, you know, he's even waiting after his shift is over to, like, tutor kids. So then James brings in his boys, um, Aaron and Michael, for tutoring. And James tells John that, you know, he does appreciate what Nolan was trying to do. And he's like, I don't take handouts, so I will be paying for tutoring. But John's like, why don't we sit down and talk more about what the neighborhood really needs? So they definitely, like, become more friends towards the end. Um, and I wish that we saw more interaction with them in season four. Hopefully yeah. we do in season five. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I hope we get to see them, like. I would just hope that we get more James since like he and Nyla are like, you know, they're married now. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And it'd just be nice to have like another couple yeah. on the show. That's like, you know, like a sort of fan favorite, you know? Yeah. Um, if we get Canon Chenford in season five, which I don't think we will. Cause I don't know. I just don't see it completely happening we'll have four canon couples in the show Lopez, Nylon James, Balin, and Chenford like I forgot about Balin <laughs> sorry I was like how are you getting the four <laughs> technically if you if you want to get really technical we would have Gray and Luna too but we don't see yeah. her as much so yeah we don't that's another person I would like to see more of is Luna yeah and just more gray in general but, but like if we could get like nylon james wopez chenford and Balin like all out on like a group date 
I would be here for that. Like, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that is the end for James and or James Harper and Nolan. Um, Yeah, kind of got that main storyline. You know, that was the first one. Yeah. And then for like um, West and Stanton, there was kind of a lot because this is the first episode where we actually meet Doug. Um, I thought it was interesting that like in the introduction of the episode, like Jackson, like already kind of did like a little bit of research on his TO mm-hmm. and like found out like where, you know, he's from Valley Bureau. And, um, but like, he's still, you know, Jackson being Jackson. This episode made me miss jackson a lot yeah he's like so excited about you know angela being detective because that's like all she ever wanted to do um so he's like you know okay with getting a new uh training officer and obviously knowing what we know now is you know like all went horribly horribly wrong um but you know they had like a a non-verbal moment um in the parking lot where roll call was that uh for the episode um because it's doug's first day so gray like introduced him and um you know said that's who jackson's gonna be working with and doug gave a nice nod um before they actually like first spoke to each other i guess um when they do finally talk, uh, Doug wants Jackson to like think of them as partners, not as uh, like T.O. and rookie. Um, while they're like riding around, uh, they end up talking a little bit and Jackson says that, you know, Gray is really serious about like the new changes that need to be made um, because of what Armstrong did in the season two finale. There's like still those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussions. Yeah. I guess are still being felt by that. Uh, So they need to earn back the trust of the people in LA. And we find out a little bit more about Doug. He is well, he's been married for 13 years and he has two kids. His wife's a teacher and like he hopes that she'll be able to like help turn their kids into doctors because he wouldn't wish being a cop on anyone because like people used to respect them, but not really now. And I don't know, it was just interesting. Like, I, I don't know, I liked kind of how this is like not the right term, but you know how like in books where they have like an unreliable narrator, it's like yeah. kind of the opposite. Like the rookie like wanted you to trust Doug at first and like yeah. really see it coming. Yeah. Um, that he was going to be how he was. In yeah. It's like they wanted you to trust him for like 0.5 seconds and then yeah. that like first well, not really even the first. Well, yeah, first call, but not like the first interaction with yeah. like a civilian. Was he mm-hmm. suspicious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like while there's no calls on the radio, uh, Doug sees a person like struggling with 
I'm assuming to like get their car to start again or something. Yeah. I don't know. And so they decide to stop and uh, help. We don't actually like see it. It's like an off-screen thing. Although we do see that like Doug's like you can you know like go to a body shop. They'll be able to get that fixed. Mm-hmm. So it's like assumed that he looked at it or something. Um, as Jennifer mentioned, Jackson went over the fence because you know Nolan and fences don't mix. Um, <laughs> well, they don't. I just realized I was they like, don't like, know third time. I, I literally just love how he like ran up to it and just looked at it like what do I do here and Jackson's like hold my beer like I'm going over yeah he didn't hesitate at all uh, and so Doug was impressed by that and asked like later on in the episode anyway um, when they're back in like the uh, like shop bay if he like ever considered a career in SWAT and he said that he could put a good word in he knows a captain over in SWAT so he could put a good word in for Jackson um they get a burglary call at a house uh where a black teenage boy and his uh Somali parents live even though like his parents don't speak uh much English he was born like the their son was born in Long Beach so he like is the one that's interacting with um Jackson and Doug Mm -hmm. and the boy's name is DeAndre and Doug asks him if he had like because he like plays sports they were out of town for uh his basketball tournament and then like they came home and their home was broken into and so Doug asked if he like had a nickname in basketball and he's like well sometimes people call him like call me D um and Doug tries to like kind of joke around a little bit and like instead of like d-ball it's like d-ball which like I thought was like I don't know I mean obviously like knowing what comes next it's yeah kind of his uh like he's trying to make it like lighthearted. yeah it's like this awkward misguided segue into his next line of questioning I just thought it was cringy I was like we don't need to have this Maybe it's because knowing what we know now, like, I was just like, can we not carry this on? Yeah. Uh, And then it kind of takes a turn, obviously, when Doug asks if DeAndre has any tattoos. He got one when he was 13. uh, And then Doug asks, like, what he's claiming these days, implying that he's in a gang. Uh, DeAndre denies that and, like, he's like, I'm not in a gang like we were robbed as in like me and my family like not just not just him and so we see uh Jackson try to intervene saying that like his partner meaning Doug is just trying to narrow down the suspect pool because uh like incidents like this could have personal motive and he then pulls Doug aside and asks if like he can do the interview alone because Lopez never let him mm-hmm. and which I mean he had like pretty free reign but I know he was just trying to use that as like yeah. a, an out kind of yeah um, and so he like when Doug finally agrees um Albeit saying, though, that if there's, like, so much as, like, a typo in his report that, like, he's going to get a blue page. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
But anyway. He was just pressed. Like, yeah. he just couldn't let it go. And honestly, like, he had that chip on his shoulder, like, in episode five from way back in episode two. And it was like, dude. Like, right. He was just trying to save your ass, number one. And number two, like, he's, he, like, this isn't his first day on the job. Right. He's annoyed. Yeah. And so Jackson again like apologizes uh, and says Doug's seen a lot of gang violence and it's hard for him to like like get that out of his head to like do his job now. And I just thought it was like not interesting but just obviously you know like I miss Jackson and Lucy scenes too at their apartment because like he reiterated to Lucy later he's like you know Doug did something that was like you know it was like uncomfortable and it you know like just he was very disrespectful to this family yeah and I just feel bad for Jackson because it's like he's like trying all these different avenues and like he already is like getting because already all these obstacles yeah trying to like figure out how to handle this well, and you could tell, like, when he was talking to DeAndre and he was like, I'm sorry about my partner. I was like, you shouldn't have to apologize for him. Like, yeah. I mean, it's obvious what he was doing. You should not have to apologize. And, like, he felt so, like, awkward and just, like, weirded out by it. And I was like, oh, poor thing. It's not making him feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then a little bit later, we do see doug uh confronting jackson saying how he's like pissed off that jackson kind of like pushed him yesterday but then he got he like backtracks and he's like it's okay because you don't know any better so it's like putting the blame like back on jackson or like deflecting in a way Mm -hmm. uh and since he's seen a lot of gang activity he knows that deandre has another uh it's like a three dots tattoo on his chest and then like when he if he were to put like his hand up to his heart and hold up two fingers it would make this 213 area code which is uh, apparently uh, like the origin of like the crypts Uh, and so but then he kind again like he kind of like he puts it out there and then just like dials it back to like maybe I'm wrong and that'll be on me but you know you gotta remain ever vigilant yeah uh, like and then he gives Jackson that book um and he just kind of, I mean like I don't blame Jackson for kind of being like speechless because like I was too I was like I don't know like they did a good job this is like a testament to like the rookie like writing mm-hmm. because they did a good job at you know like yes cops do have to remain vigilant because obviously they don't want to end up you know deceased at the end of their shift yeah or you know like gravely injured but it's like racial profiling is not the way yeah (laughs) to make sure that does not happen um and so i don't know it's just like you could not that you could understand Doug because you you can't understand that um but just you know it's like there's just like just this very very thin line that they were like treading Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. I just thought it was good writing and good, like, yeah, just how they did it was was good. Um, this last scene, though, I did not, I did not like. Um, and it's well, I don't really know. Was Daxon yeah. just heading out, like heading home? I think so. I mean, it looks like he was maybe, like looking, like yeah, maybe he was, he was like, watching Doug. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I guess because he goes to Gray later. Yeah. Um, and see a little bit later in season three, I guess. So that's why I was kind of, I had that in my head, and I'm like, no, they're not by Gray's office. Like I don't know. I was just. They're like, they're in the same area where Tim or Angela like walked up to Tim in two eleven, yeah. day of death, and then like also. Um, where like Lucy and Caleb met and like Tim snatched the phone number. They're like in yeah. that area, like the hallway. Yeah. Between like uh where they pick up the gear and like the roll call room, I think. Yeah. Um but anyway, so uh at the end of the episode, Tim like kind of just comes up and then Jackson like turns around and asks if he's ever seen someone with a with the um two one three tattoo, and Tim's like, No, not in like a decade. And he asks if, like, Stanton told him about that. And he's like, yeah. And apparently, we find out a little bit more about Doug via Tim that um, he started out as an L.A. County Sheriff. And, like, the rookies in that Sheriff's Department do two years at the Twin Towers, which I'm assuming is, like, the, is that, like, a federal prison? Well, if it's county, though, it would be, like, county jail? Or would it I be, think like, so. Federal? I don't know or like department um, of corrections maybe I don't know, I, don't know. I, I kind of maybe I should have looked that up before it's out of regrets okay it's a so big part on. though or it's a big it's got it's a big like facility in LA I mean twin yeah, towers sure. I wonder yeah. if that's where like Nyla and John have went before like in season two I don't know it's gonna bug me apparently I'm gonna do this right now um okay yeah it's well okay according to google i don't know how like accurate this is it's literally it's like twin towers correctional facility in oh, okay los angeles so and i mean gotta believe everything google says right like google <laughs> is the someone, encyclopedia <laughs> yeah if someone actually like is familiar with the los angeles area and can you know tell me if i'm tell me if i'm right or correct me if i'm wrong but like also he was an LA County Sheriff and now he is a P2 or like P3 or whatever like a training officer yeah I, mean, I don't know kind of sus yeah he will obviously we find out later like yeah he dumped, you know he baited the system really really well like yeah later. Um, but he doesn't even like flex a golden ticket like Nyla has yeah. you know she's been like I've got a golden ticket like I'm, I'll be fine he doesn't even do that so it's like okay so you did you you didn't really take this promotion then like you were just given it and not even a promotion more so a demotion I would think yeah well I mean I think it's just all kind of part of how they crafted his character to be like a yeah you know like you're misled into thinking he's you know gonna be this stand-up guy and treat Jackson as an equal whereas he obviously does not yeah um and Tim was just like, you know, like there's like inmates throwing things at you. It's like a whole nightmare to be there for two years. Uh, and that is what gives Doug a jaded view of humanity. 
And I like that Jackson was like a certain color of humanity, like mm-hmm. as in solely his his racism is towards black people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't like Tim's response. Obviously, he no. he rectifies it uh, a few episodes later. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. It was it was ignorant. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's like he's a solid cop. Ignore the rest. Um, and I didn't really like how he was like, well, if you, you know, if Jackson quotes that to Chen, he'll deny it. And I'm like, one, you know that they're going to talk. Right. And so it's like, I don't understand, like, see, now I can't remember if they actually, if that was like an off screen thing or if that's ever brought up again that like Tim and Jackson talked. Can't remember. Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it just that moment just gave me major like pilot Tim vibes. Yeah, and it's just not good. It, well, I mean, obviously, it's not good for him to be dismissive to Jackson's plight. Like, it, yeah, like he, I mean, yes, Jackson didn't like flat out say, like, you know, my training officer is a you know, right. a racist. Um, but still, it's like he's having this problem, he has this like grievance that is like obviously weighing on him it's not something that and like you know jackson like he's a rule follower he does things by the book he usually doesn't he doesn't like fall out of line but it's like this is something that is obviously like an issue i mean that like all people should stand up for or like stand up against but like just for him it's like what's that expression like a double-edged sword in a way because he yeah. is an african-american but he also is a cop um, but like also you would think that tim would stick up for him and believe him because jackson has been at the district for a while yeah and like, like you don't really know i mean maybe yeah. tim does you like know each other a little or know of each other but it's like you know jackson yeah you know? Well, I'm like, you know that he's a good guy. I don't know. And I also wonder, like, how, like, mentally he kicked himself in 305 when he Probably. saw what Doug was capable of for yeah. brushing Jackson off like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder how much he let that get to him. And then, like, yeah. even, even after 305, like, was he still struggling internally with that? He had to have been. Yeah. Well, I think this is what I mean. This is what happens when I don't watch episodes for very or for a while because I have not watched these early season three episodes uh, in a while. I want to say it's the next episode, though. I mean, I know they do the shooting uh, training thing, but I also want to say it's the one where like Tim's season one behavior was brought up, like by Lucy, and she like kind of challenged him on that and was like, "Remember when you made me do this?" I mean. Again, someone can tell me if I'm wrong in the episode number. Um, but like there is like between that, you know, like this overarching storyline for Jackson, it's like, you know, Tim is realizing that he did display yeah. um, behaviors that would be considered racist or, mm-hmm. you know, racial profiling. He, or, you know, just like, yeah just not yeah just not conductive or like you know behaviors that are like conducive to like bringing about change 
Yeah. Um, which is ironic considering he, well, it's a sad irony because he was the one at the, towards the beginning of the episode that was like, Ray is right. We need to, you know, like make change and, you know, like be, you know, proactive and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of problems with how Tim handled it. And it's like, I mean, I, I, let me say this. I appreciate that the rookie did it though, because it is a unfortunately common, like. It's a common occurrence. Yeah. Occurrence or like. In the past few years at least. Yeah. Yeah. That like some people, I mean, some people can still hold that and like not see, Mm -hmm. you know, their privilege as a white um, person, especially like a white male. Yeah. Um, But obviously like Tim's, you know, like growth since then helped redeem him some. Um, But yeah, still, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, And I don't. I don't know just I mean even still though it's like I mean I get why they did it I just wish that they didn't do it because Tim like usually I mean he's not you know one to like wear his own emotions on his sleeve but he Mm -hmm. usually can tell when things are bothering other people yeah and it's like yeah I, I I get why they did it it served the story yeah um but yeah it's just a not a good note to end on I kind of feel like Tim was different in this episode because even with the Lucy stuff he was still he was like his you know like tough love exterior guy but it yeah. was almost to the point where it was like dude what is up your ass like why are yeah. you being like this well, again? he was like about the blue page or whatever too yeah and- what is with the blue pages like i want to give both i want to give both everyone else blue pages like what is going on yeah i want to give lucy and jackson like star student stickers like gold stars for them pages for (laughs) everyone else like what not a blue page for nyla though no we love the queen that's true yeah i thought that was a nice moment like because she was so worried about john like coming out okay mm-hmm. and everything and just like she's like watching him and everything yeah. watching for him like they're cute. they've like grown so much like they're best like good friends yeah i know i wish like or i wonder if talia and john's relationship would have grown had afton stayed on the show longer i'm sure that it would have but yeah, like um so. like imagine if we had talia first season two and then like nyla came in in season three and four like we would have yeah. been able to see his relationship with his tos grow um yeah. and it would have been interesting but i'm glad that we have nyla i mean i love her so yeah so going over to Chenford and Tamara, um, Lucy and Jackson are over at No One's House in the beginning of the episode, working on his house, cleansing it, you know, because of all the Armstrong stuff. Um, they go to get paint outside. Um, they go outside to get the paint from Lucy's car to find out that it's been stolen. And she's like, who would hike halfway up the Hollywood sign to steal someone's car? And Jackson's like, I'm just surprised that they got it started. Um and Lucy's like, don't talk about my baby that way. And we find out that it doesn't actually lock. Um, and bonus, we got another John Nolan me moment. So that's always fun. 
um and before roll call is over they're doing it like outside in the parking lot this episode not like in the district or in the building um lucy hands out flyers about her missing car and tim's just like let's go boo you know like we have to have to get out there um and patrol so tim agrees like with what grace said while they're driving um and he's like you know we have to rededicate ourselves to doing the job right which means the last 25 days of lucy's training is going to be even more intense um but you know she's just focused on her missing car so you know when she mentions that they should like look at chop shops for it um tim's just like even as parts your car is worthless like pretty much telling her to just let it go um but she fights back saying it's been the only concept for her it's the only place that she's felt safe after caleb um and you know he says that she should just focus on the rest of her training and you know she kind of throws it back to him asking like what he would do if he was in this situation um and so you can tell that he kind of feels bad for saying you know just like move on um but you know, he ultimately kind of helps her find it. So they roll up on a scene um, with a young woman who's trying to get the man that like she Ubered um, like out of her car. And Tim's just like questioning Lucy on what's the goal of this call. Um, And Lucy's like to get him out. But, you know, Tim doesn't fail to correct her and say that it's to get him out without making things worse. Asking um, if she thinks that she can get him out without relying on her weapons kind of giving her a little bit of a challenge which was nice to see um just because like in the beginning of the episode she was like he's been very quiet like something's up um but it was also like I don't know just the way that he like went about it I was like okay I get it she's got like less than 30 days left but also like she's not like two weeks onto the job um but then we even get some Chenford banter with like the different like points and um you know all of that so then she gets the man out of the car we find out that he's a marine and was in country um and when he gets out she like reaches for her weapon i don't even think it was like to take it out i feel like it was more like he opened the car door and she was shocked and so she just kind of like it was a reflex or something um but tim announces that she's lost points and lucy just pays no attention to him and you know tries to dude yeah (laughs) like this is not the time no um and she tries to diffuse the situation even talking about how she knows his mom didn't raise him to treat women that way um and she ends up getting through to him and i don't know i was thinking about this on my second rewatch i was like honestly it would have been nice if we saw more of tim's reaction to all of this because he was in afghanistan he was in the army all that um and I don't know what I would have wanted to see from his face if it would have been just like him kind of like reliving all of that or I don't know, but it would have been interesting to see. Um, I mean, that's not the point of the scene. The point of the scene was to focus on her and highlight like her skills. But um, then Lucy ends up turning back around to Tim and lists off all like the bonus points that she received. And before they leave the scene, Lucy asks the woman uh, if she's seen her car, which she has, and she gives Chunford a location. So they roll up on Lucy's car, um, and Lucy's like, oh, there's someone in there. So Lucy puts the cuffs on Tamara and arrests her. Um, Arrests and 
air quotes because she doesn't like take her in but i mean she's in the cuffs so um but tomorrow's like oh i didn't steal the car like the owner lent it to me and you know he lost the keys and tomorrow's face when lucy was like i'm the person that owns the car was <laughs> top tier i mean just yes. great um another memeable moment right there like for sure so then tomorrow's like well it wasn't even locked um and but we find out that now it locks the locks work and lucy's just like curious how she fixed it and tomorrow says all she did was pop off the door panel so lucy sees her belongings in there asking if she lives there we find out that tomorrow's 17 um and tim goes into like dad mode and he's like where are your parents um and we find out that they are dead so tim like starts searching the car and her like stuffed animal like teddy bear or whatever falls out um and she's like hey careful with that um and lucy wants to get more information but ultimately she decides not to press charges so she tells tamara that they're gonna get her set up at a children's shelter and tim's like trying to call lucy over but you know when tamara's like oh that's not necessary lucy just questions like if she's got a safe place to go with people that care about her and doors that lock um and Tamara's like, yeah, but the children's shelter is too far from school. And Tim just seems shocked. He's like, you still go to school? And she gets good grades too. So that's a win. Um, and Lucy's just like, well, I don't have a choice. So it's either jail or the shelter. Um, but she won't just leave her there. She promises to help find her a permanent place. So then Tim, like, Tim's basically had enough of this. And he's like, I'm pulling her to the side. So he tells Samara to stay by the car and he congratulates Lucy on her first puppy. And he's like, you know, every rookie has one at some point. I'm just surprised that it took you this long to get one. Um, And so then Lucy kind of like flips it back on him and she's like, well, did you have a puppy? And he's like, he diverts the question. And Lucy just says, you know, like, she's a girl in trouble and i'm gonna help her like she just stands up for her so then we find out that tamara has left the shelter in the middle of the night and lucy talks to her caseworker finding out that like she's had it rough both of her parents od'd and she was taken in by relatives but there was violence in the house so she split um i do love that lucy and jackson talked about that and like they just had like a private like moment in the apartment um i just loved that so I wish that we got to see more Jackson and Tamara interactions. Yeah. Like we did here and there, but not many. Um, so then Lucy just, you know, wants to try and find Tamara, even though Tim's like giving her a hard time. Um, and she ends up waiting for Tamara by the library where she knows she hangs out. So she ends up giving her her car to live in um, until Tamara gets back on her feet. But the catch is that she has to let social services find her a place to live uh, that's safe. And Lucy will make sure that it's safe as well. Uh, and Tamara has to check in regularly with Lucy until that happens. And Tamara's like, I love how she's like, so check in like once a week. Um, and Lucy's like, uh, once a day. So she was like, you know, car and once a day or no car. Um, and Tamara ultimately agrees to it. So we met Tamara and James in the same episode, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Meeting Doug San, not fun. So, 
So we had a little bit on Lopez, because uh, obviously Angela is a detective now. So Queen Angela Lopez. Yep. And then Wesley being the like ever dutiful husband and like or fiance, just, I guess, and like waiting on her. Yeah, he just input. wanted to make sure that she was like a <laughs> okay. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I love him. Yeah. He's so good. He tried so hard in this episode to like just, you know, do all the things. Yeah. Um well and he even like mentioned the housekeeper. I was like, oh I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because for them it starts like Angela's rifling through her closet trying to find clothes to wear. I love how this like paralleled. I just not thought of this parallel. Um this is what 302, right? Um, but mm-hmm. in 201 it started like when they moved in together, it was Angelo rifling through her closet yeah. trying to find something to wear. Um, anyway, and Wesley comes in, it's like, okay, we've already went through five housekeepers. Like, I like this one. Like, let's not, let's not do this. Um, and I just enjoy Wopez banter so much because yes. like, I don't know how Alyssa just like, del- I think it's like her delivery of it because he's like, oh, it's your fault you got me pregnant and I've since gone up a cup size um, well even like Sean like how they can just act opposite of each other and just like rattle off these lines is yeah I'm just constantly amazed by it yeah um and she's like so none of my like tops fit right anymore and um he was like yeah I guess I noticed something and she's like oh god do you think like other people have noticed and I just thought it was so funny how he was just like I hope your co-workers are as focused on your breasts as I am and I'm like how does Sean say that and not just like crack up like right this even made me like I don't even like saying it like on I here. mean if I was op- acting opposite of him in that scene I would have like cracked up too I would have been like I can't believe that we're saying these lines right now yeah like i can't like i don't oh god this is so funny um that's why they're the professionals and we are not because we would not be able to keep it together (laughs) no no Um, i mean i'm sure over time we would but yeah yeah, like first acting gig no funny no yeah um and so angela's like freaking out she's like oh my god i like you know buy a new wardrobe like on the way to work and this is like you can do it like you know this is gonna be fine um which i mean she had to have gotten up like really early and been able to at least run into a store like yeah. I- i'm lucky if i like make it out the door with a lot of the time to spare so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um just angela's just worried you know she's like i have until i start showing to like prove myself as a detective so that's like kind of her mission she just wants to make a good first impression on her first day and I just love again another I'm assuming it was intentional maybe not maybe I'm reaching with this parallel but like Wesley looking up uh towards the top of their closet and noticing there's pizza box there uh uh, was like at least in my opinion like paralleling when he found the uh grilled cheese in the shower yeah in that same for sure uh, 201 episode so anyway um and then we cut over to Angela being a boss and walking up to Sergeant Carradine and was like, Angela Lopez reporting for duty. And 
like Carradine was like not sassy but just like ready to like he was like not like that you're not and then like lists you know all the things that are kind of like amiss with um Mm -hmm. Angela and her like her wardrobe anyway because he was like well I can see the like handcuffs and the pepper spray under the jacket and she's wearing a vest so he told her to go and like go home and change um and he points out that she missed a tag um like on the back of her jacket and she also apparently since like she's the new girl uh she has to go like do the coffee run and then later she'll pick up lunch but for now it's coffee run uh it takes her forever and Carradine joked that he like almost gave away her first case and I'm like dude why are we like continuing down this like little like I don't know like just little jabs not like quite not mean spirited but just kind of you know just like little things I'm like can't you just like talk to her like a normal person like why do we have to have these like quips apparently all of the male supervisor officers had something up their butts in this episode (laughs) yeah apparently I mean Tim wasn't as bad as like Santa or Carradine obviously but like he wasn't the best yeah and I mean like Gray didn't really he wasn't like he just did roll call yeah he yeah there wasn't really a time for him to like have a scene where anything like super but even then he wouldn't have necessarily been like that like he would have just been sassy more than anything yeah yep um but i mean obviously angela does get her first case it's a burglary at a funeral home uh but the like suspect or suspects in question didn't like they assumed that they were going to take embalming fluid which i guess like can be used for like drugs um Mm -hmm. but they didn't take that and like nothing else appeared to be missing but when she opened it was like a i don't even know what to call like a not a drawer but like a kind of like a metal like open the metal door and there's like a little tray type thing like pull out thing um some morgue yeah and um yeah kind of it's like kind of set up like that and she opens it and like whatever if there was anything in there it's now a pile of ashes um Mm -hmm. and so angela's like okay this is gonna be like a possible homicide uh and she like had csu over there and everything um when she like reports back to Carradine though he's like yeah I don't understand like why you're going like all out with this um because all they can charge is like improper disposal of a body and since they like don't have a victim they like don't really have the case and obviously Angela being Angela she's not one to give up so she kind of just like nods her head and like you know moves on like seeming to but not really because back at home she's pouring over the case file again uh wesley brings angela a healthy breakfast and she's like then you eat it because i'm still working on this case i can't spend the next half an hour like throwing up um and so like while she's working because wesley like offers the help so she just kind of like talks things through and like looking at the photos as she's doing it and she figured out that the suspect came in entered the same security code twice um so obviously it had to be someone that like knew 
what the code was and so she's like okay I have to go like thank you and um you know she heads out um she gets her suspect in the interrogation room I th- I want to say his name was like his last name and it was like more um yeah he used to work at the funeral home and Angela well she like sneakily had him step like his shoe prints like stepping on a uh, paper that would take that print so she could match it to the one at the crime scene and it did match and so the guy ended up uh like telling her that they told him to burn bodies as in multiple and they apparently being the k-town mafia and he's like all worried he's like oh no like you don't understand like they're gonna kill me i you know i can't do it um but Carradine's brought in they kind of both like listen to this guy and like this is like the only way it's either like this or you're like completely done for yeah um and so the guy like finally decides to cooperate and uh Angela has her case like almost complete and Carradine's like I'm gonna finish up here it's gonna be a front page arrest like they got it yeah she she got it and she's a badass and we love that for her we do she killed it yeah like started a little rocky but like finished uh the day strong or days Mm -hmm. maybe I don't know if I I never know if it's like multiple days I guess multiple days if like Wesley brought her breakfast and well I'm like maybe yeah Nolan (laughs) and Nyla like came back yeah Yeah. it was definitely yeah yeah um yeah but still just good for Angela yeah that was kind of it for this episode though like we were just like hitting it we were yeah I mean there's like a lot but obviously like it's just the beginning of some of yeah. these like important issues that the rookie tackles so um it was very like case heavy like mm-hmm. there wasn't many like personal moments I, there was but not not in other episodes not like other episodes that we've seen yeah I was just like in like passing comments mm-hmm. or like just little moments you got to kind of see yeah yeah which i don't know i i like a good mix of that like i like a good mix of like case heavy episodes and then just yeah. you know kind of fun light-hearted episodes too so yeah but we this... meet quite a few new faces yeah one we didn't like although again i think i said this like when we when stanton like came back or something like mm-hmm. last year but like you know kudos to brandon ralph for portraying such a character and doing yeah. it uh justice um but yeah no we we don't we don't like doug stanton yeah either. um but yeah i mean that's pretty much it for this episode if you liked this episode of and shop talk as a whole please leave us a rating and review on itunes or you know anywhere you listen to the podcast um it really helps us out and we would really appreciate it it just helps like new rookie fans find us um you can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at jstark804 and i'm at carrie hyman and then if you guys follow our podcast here um you 
can also find us on Twitter at the Shop Talk Pod underscore or email us at Shop Talk Pod, Shop Talk the Rookie Podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts. Um, and next week we'll be back with, where, uh, with an episode talking about Melissa's role on Dark Matter. So, a little bit of homework for listeners, but if you guys have a suggestion of which episode we should watch and discuss, let us know. We would love to know your thoughts. Um, Because neither of us have, like, seen... I mean, I'm familiar with the show. Like, I've seen clips, but I've never actually watched a full episode. Yeah, I've really only just seen GIFs, so it'll be... It'll truly be a ride for us. Um, But, yeah, we're excited to cover that just because we've heard from other people that there's a lot of like similarities with yeah. like Lucy's undercover persona and um, Portia Lynn. So yeah. Yeah. And it's just different and it's fun. Yeah. It's like, you know, like sci-fi and it was yeah. like first like lead role. Like she like booked it out of the gate, like good for her. Yeah. TV. So yeah. <laughs> So it'll be fun to cover that. Um, but yeah, if there's an episode that we should watch, um, whether it's, you know, the first episode or, you know, third season or whatever, second season, let us know. Uh, we would love to discuss it. So bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Go get them, boo.